And I'm personally really fascinated by that invisible understanding between people and their and their pets or any animal that they love because it's it's like you can hang your hat on it but it's not there but it's everything and it's just that's just such a beautiful thing it's like faith in action With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on a pet professional or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Welcome, everyone. Can I just say, having a dog is hard work. And they can be really frustrating and really annoying. And personally, these dogs, my dogs, have been driving me crazy this week. I am not well right now. It's nothing nothing critical, so I'll preface it with that. It's just that Albie has been displaying some behaviors that he's never displayed before. So he was marking in certain areas of our basement. And then also he started when he's like in play mode, he or like overstimulated or excited, he started trying to hump Lupin, our other dog. He's never done that before. He's always been so respectful of Lupin. Yeah, it's just weird, basically. Different different behaviors. I'm doing a bunch of research. We already have a, a, quite a few theories. So looking into it, um, I think a few things that knowing my dogs and knowing Albie, a few things that are playing into it. He hates the cold and it has gotten down to like in the mid forties in the last week or so. And so I'm kind of wondering if he is not as willing to go out potty. There's been a few times I'm like, go out potty and he won't want to, but usually I would take that as an indication that he just doesn't have to. And so I'm kind of wondering if maybe the marking in the basement is related to that. I'm kind of you know, the other aspect is we were doing some construction in that area of the basement. Maybe we uncovered some smells that he felt the need to claim that area as his own pee on that area. I don't know. Um, and then the humping thing, I think, I think maybe because it has been a bit colder, he hasn't been getting the enjoyment out of his walks or maybe the walks that he's been going on that we've been doing lately haven't been as stimulating for him. So I've bought some more work to eat toys and I'm going to be focusing on doing some more like mental and physical and social enrichment kind of stuff over the next couple of weeks to see if that changes anything. So that's Albie, which as I said, it's nothing critical, but it is just stuff that's like, okay, this is a new behavior and it makes you start questioning things. It's like, okay, should I leave him and Lupin alone together now if I don't like, should I be watching them constantly? Because I don't want them to get into any type of disagreement or scuffle because Albie decides to start humping Loopy and Lupin doesn't like that. Lupin is older. He's a little bit more shaky on his feet. He is a little bit more aware that he's not physically able to get away from when dogs are doing that. And he's really good at giving like a little warning and Albie is usually really good at listening to those type of warnings. But you know, it's just something that I'm like, okay, crap, you know, do I need to watch them all the time? Or do I need to keep them separate when I'm not around? And then 
the marking, obviously, you know, you've got a list of chores to do over the weekend, and then you find that all of your hats and scarves were peed on. And <laughs> so it's like, okay, do a bunch of laundry, and oh, wow, there's another spot on the rug, so we've got to wash the rug. And it's just that kind of thing is just very disruptive to life right now. And then switching over to Lupin, we are transitioning him to be sleeping alone. So sleeping on a different floor than us. So our master bedroom is in the attic. It's like a converted attic space. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before. The stairs are really steep to get up there. He does not want to go up, but he wants to be with us. So it's kind of like you can see there's this like war in him where he doesn't want to sleep alone. He's slept on our bed his entire life, but he doesn't enjoy going up or down those extremely steep stairs. I mean, I don't. I slipped on the stairs the other day and I have a huge rug burn on my thigh and ass. So like (laughs) I get I get like that's another reason I'm like, I don't want him going up and down those stairs either. It's not safe. So transitioning him to sleep downstairs And so I'm like emotional about it. I'm like, what if he wants to come up in the middle of the night? What if he's pacing around and we can't tell? And so now we're looking into like baby monitors and cameras and we're like, can we put like a ring doorbell situation? We already have one of those. So maybe we can get another one on the same subscription. Like we're just like all over the place with that. And it's like, okay, I want to find a place that's safe and secure. He feels like it's like a little crate or He feels in a safe area, so I've kind of been putting him in the podcast studio because he's very comfortable in there and it's a small room. Then we're like, okay, should we put Albie in in there with him and Albie could be in his crate, Lupin could just have the whole room and so then he won't be alone. I don't know. It's just, I'm not necessarily looking for advice with all of this. I'm just telling you guys that having a dog It's really frustrating and it's been very emotionally taxing this week, especially transitioning Loopy to sleep downstairs because that's kind of like a hard transition for me too. And so it's just like, oh, you know, not having him there is really hard. And then I can hear his little clacks against the floors downstairs as I'm sleeping upstairs trying to, I'm trying to like, oh, you know, will he go to bed? Will he settle? I don't know. what can we do? And so all this stuff has just been running through my mind. And the dogs have been, as I said, just stressful this week, basically. They've been taxing on my wallet, my <laughs> time, my emotions, all of the things. So that's what's happening over here. That's my little life with a dog update. But I do want to talk about something else here. It is Adopt a Senior Pet Month. And I mean, honestly, it's so hard to keep track of all of the, you know, it's National Pet Day. It's National Love Your Cat Day. It's National What a Big Dog Day. It's Appreciate Your Vet Day. Appreciate Your Vet Tech Week. Like all this stuff. So there's there's a lot happening. But Adopt a Senior Pet Month. You guys know I am so passionate about senior dogs and caring for them and I've done many episodes talking about seniors and senior foster, and I've interviewed a local senior dog rescue up here in Seattle. So it's something that I'm really passionate about. You know that. And my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. So in the spirit of giving thanks and giving back, I wanted to do a little thing. It's up until the end of November. 
So up until November 30th, so that is three weeks from now, every review I get on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to be donating $10 of my own money to a local senior dog rescue called Old Dog Haven. I've interviewed them on the podcast. You can listen to that episode. It's way at the beginning. You may be saying, Carly, I'd love to do that. I don't have an Apple phone or I don't listen on Apple Podcasts. You probably know someone with an iPhone. So go there, toss a rating on. So it doesn't have to be a review. It could just be a rating. So all you have to do is tap five stars or leave a review that says like podcast is great or whatever you love about the podcast. And then for each review slash rating that I get, I will be donating $10 to a senior dog rescue group. So hope you guys follow through on that. If you haven't done a review or rating of the podcast yet, then this is a perfect time. It would mean a lot to me for the podcast because it does make a huge difference with with everything I'm trying to achieve for the podcast, but also it'll make a huge difference with a donation. So you know that your review is doing some extra good if you do that this month. So would love a review and or rating from you guys on Apple Podcasts. And moving on, let's talk about this week's guest. So this week I have Katya Lidsky on the podcast and she is a fellow hound dog mom and podcaster. So she is the host of a podcast called The Animal That Changed You. And on in this interview, we just talk about having a senior dog, adopting different dogs and fostering the relationship that grows between you and your dog after being together for years and years. She's had her old dog, Ophelia, her beagle, for 17 years now, which is just absolutely amazing. So we talk about their relationship. We talk about advice she has for adopting a senior dog. We talk about, you know, what her podcast is called, The Animal That Saved You. It's how Ophelia saved her and really changed the trajectory of her life. So awesome interview today. And guys, I walked away from this interview with such a sense of gratitude and confidence because Katya was so nice. She was so complimentary to me about my podcast and what I'm doing. So that felt absolutely amazing. Um, and just, you know, talking about our dogs and and we kind of just went a little deeper than I have on some previous episodes. And we just really talked about like the bond and and the special place that dogs have in our hearts. So it was, as I said, great interview. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest so we can get into it. Katya is a writer, the host of the Animal That Changed You podcast, and an overall dog nut. She runs a senior pet support group, considers herself more of a dog coach than a dog trainer, and is definitely an animal person. Katya loves volunteering at animal shelters, fostering senior dogs, and listening to the With a Dog podcast. Well, thank you very much. That's so sweet. Well, welcome to the With a Dog podcast, Katya. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm very happy to have you. It's always such a joy to connect with fellow podcasters. So this is perfect. Um, I think we'll have a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, if you could just briefly introduce yourself and a little bit about your dogs to the listeners. Yeah, I'll tell you about my dogs. Okay, I'm <laughs> the 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 less important part is I'm Katya or, or Katya Litsky, 
and I'm a overall dog person, an animal person, but you know, dog obsessed. I'm a dog trainer. I now call myself a dog coach, which is like a life Ooh. coach for you and your dog. Is that woo woo? Yes. Did I spend a significant amount of time in Los Angeles? I did. <laughs> um, I'm a dog foster. I really focus on senior dogs. I'm a shelter volunteer and I'm a writer. I write about dogs and also not about dogs. And then I'm a host of a podcast called The Animal That Changed You, which um, I have learned and gotten a lot of guidance from with a dog podcast. So I thank you, Carly, for that. So that's me. My dogs. Okay. First rescue, Ophelia. Yes. Very dramatic Shakespearean beagle mix. Um, I rescued her as a puppy. She was a parvo puppy, so she was really sick. She's around 17 and she's the love of my life. My children know, so does my husband. I'm not sorry about it. Um, <laughs> and I also have a foster that turned into our forever dog named Sassy Tootsie Roll, who's about 11 years old, a uh, beagle mix as well. That we, yeah, we just took her in as a foster and she never left our house because we fell in love with her. But we have fostered many dogs along the way, but they're the two permanent right now. You recently got Sassy, right? Yeah, we got sassy. So we moved to Austin during the pandemic. I'm originally from Texas and was, you know, itching to come home and uh, to be with family. So we moved back and we fostered for Austin Pets Alive, a big lab mix named Dill Pickle, who was the sweetest old boy you've ever met. And um, he was heartworm positive, which I thought was going to be a whole thing. And I was wrong. It's not. It's like, they rest a little more, but I love the seniors because they rest anyway. Yeah. And um, yeah, and he, you know, we did short walks. And other than that, he got his treatment, which Austin Pets Alive paid for because rescues are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was just like, this is not a big deal. Like heartworm positive dogs can be saved and adopted and it's like no big thing. You can help them. And um, then Sassy was the next one we took in, heartworm positive. And um, she just is obsessed with my children. And they're uh, they're so in love with her that I was like, you're never leaving. I also have a type, Carly. Yeah. I have a type and it's a senior hound. And yes. We've got to get into yours. Yeah. Okay. We definitely share that type for sure. The senior hound dog. Oh, my gosh. I was just looking at more that are adoptable the other day and I was sending them to my husband. I was like, this one needs a home. And he's just like we cannot he's like we could foster but he's like we cannot take another dog especially because our house has a lot of stairs he's like it wouldn't even be like good for them unless we figure out some kind of solution and i'm like fine like an elevator whatever. we'll build a dog elevator <laughs> exactly <laughs> i love that okay well thank you so much for all of that sure thank you i think you have a section kind of like this on your podcast too but it's a little bit more like get to know the dog parent so a little bit more about you so what are you like reading streaming watching right now i just love this question i find this question to be so exciting i am reading two books i'm reading h's for hawk which is a memoir it's so good um by um I should know her name. McDonald is the last, Helen McDonald. And then I'm reading Horse Crazy, A Woman in a World in Love with an Animal. And that's by Sarah Maslene Meir. I think I'm saying her name right. And she's amazing. And the book is amazing. Um, And I just love these. I love these angles, these stories um, about like people who are just, uh, you know, really in love with and, and, and have a reverence for animals and then like how they get into it or what they, what the animal brings to their life. Like I'm just riveted with these stories. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm really enjoying these books. And I also just read Catherine Raven's Fox and I, which was also incredible, but a woman and a fox relationship. Um, So that's what I'm reading. I also read fiction, but right now I'm like in a big nonfiction phase. Okay. What am I watching? I mean, I'm watching Succession on HBO. (laughs) Whoa. Just so good. Just so good. This show is a... It's so good. I can't even understand what I'm watching. The character work is amazing. I am so happy that you're saying this because, well, first of all, I was really excited to ask you this question because I know you have like a career in writing and television and like that kind of thing. And so I'm I'm like, oh, man, if she is a good wreck, <laughs> then it's got to be good. I haven't watched Succession. So so now I think I need to. Carly, it is a family drama like nothing else. And it and it's just the character work is amazing. And it took it took me like four episodes to get into it in season one. Like it's not like a right away situation. But um I I mean I I literally find myself asking myself in the middle of like dinner, like, what would Kendall be doing right now? And my <laughs> husband's like, it's not coming out for four there's not another episode for four more days. Yeah. So like get get it together. We live in this life. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. You are not inside succession. You know that it's a good show when you're willing to wait like the week after week for it to actually come out and not just stream it all in one go. Like if you're like hooked enough that you're like, I can wait the next seven days for the next episode, like in the olden days, then (laughs) then you know it's a good one. It's so true. And then we just finished Dave on Hulu. I don't know if you've seen that. I've heard that one is really good. It's amazing. It's so unique and funny and it's really wonderful. There's a character named Gaeta who's like the best thing I've ever seen. Okay. Hashtag Gaeta. No, the whole show is great. It's just, there's so much good stuff. What are you watching and reading? Can I ask you? Am I allowed? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this. Um, sometimes <laughs> I always, I think that's one of the hard parts about being a solo host, as you may identify with, is that sometimes you want to you want to answer your own questions. You're like, I want to tell people this, but then I'm like, oh, I don't want to just ramble on my own. Um, okay, so what am I reading right now? I started The Forever Dog, and I'm about halfway through that. And that one, I I love. And so, have you heard of it? I have not. Okay, now I want to read it's Forever two, Dog, or it's a veterinarian and. I think the other guy's like a dog dad. I don't think he's a vet too. I I don't know. It's about two authors. And it's about what you can do to ensure that your dog has a long, healthy, happy life. And wow. so it's really – I'm I've been really impressed with it because especially um, I'm really interested in like all health and wellness things. And so it covers like epigenetics and, um, you know, like food and exercise and like all this stuff. And in a way that I find really approachable. And that's what I like the most. I don't feel like they're speaking in extremes. They're not like you need to feed your dog handmade food every single meal for their entire life because it's like that's not sustainable and not everyone has that ability. And and they really put a, a strong emphasis on, you know, wanting your dog to live a long time, but wanting them to be healthy for that majority of that time, not just extending their lifespan, but extending the their like health lifespan. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's my nonfiction that I'm reading at the moment, which I usually refuse to read nonfiction. So <laughs> the fact <laughs> that I'm enjoying it is good. And um, watching, I am, uh, I am such a mess watching anything. I can't find anything. I feel like my attention span is very short right now. And so I start something and I'll get like a few episodes in 
and that I just can't keep up with it. So that's why I ask everyone what they're watching. So I love that you're like, give me a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, well, are there any products that you're loving for yourself or sassy and Ophelia right now? That is another great question. I am not a product person. Here's the things I spend money on. Greeting cards. Love it. Hypnotherapy, meditation. Like I'm all, I love, like I will go into a bookstore and if something says the word chakra on it, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy the thing that says chakra. Like I love all that stuff. Yeah. Do I believe in it all a hundred million percent? Not necessarily, but it calls to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love all, you know, like meditation, hypnotherapy, yoga. Like I just love all that. Just inviting in a moment of like wellness. So I spend my money more on that than products. Like I'm not, what am I? Oh, you know what I really like is Answers goat, Raw Goat Milk. Oh, um, okay. That, I love. It comes frozen. I leave it in my fridge overnight and then it's defrosted. I like that for Ophelia and Sassy. And okay. It's like a probiotic-y raw goat milk. I just put a little bit and they love it. And I, I, I'm excited anytime my 17-year-old dog like goes for her food. Loves something. Yes. Okay. I'm really happy. That's it. This is exactly why I asked that question is because if it's like there's something that someone's like, oh, this is so good. And because I agree, I usually product wise, I try to be minimal in my in my <laughs> spending, especially on the dogs too, because there's so many dog products out there. But there my are. aunt said the same thing about the goat milk. She has a like, I think Holly got it has got to be like 16 little Bichon now. And so, and she says that Holly has had a great experience with goat milk. So now I need to do some more research into it. Yeah. I really like that stuff. And then I love Outward Hound. I use Outward Hound food puzzles and mm-hmm. just to like, you know, just because they're older doesn't mean that they don't need like mental stimulation. And I love to use it for breakfast kibble because, or whatever else I'm feeding them. It's not always kibble. Um, just to like make them work or think or just start their day off with their mind sort of in a different place. Mm-hmm. So I try to pull it out and make something fun for them. I don't know if you feel this with with your your beauty, but you know, sometimes it's just like a lot of lying around sleeping and I'm just like, am I giving you enough? Yeah. You know, am I doing enough for you? Like you guys are older. I'm not gonna pull out the hula hoop for you to jump through it too much. But yes. am I engaging you enough other than just kissing you and rubbing on you and like telling you how much you mean to me. It's like, what do you need? Exactly. It, I, that's so true. I definitely agree because as, you know, a senior hound, Lupin is very stubborn and independent <laughs> still. And so he – and so sometimes we go on walks and I just feel like he doesn't enjoy it as much. You know, yeah. maybe it's the same route that he went the day before and he's kind of – like he'll just kind of stop and be like, Nah. And so then I start questioning and I'm like, okay, is he in pain? Is he confused? It's like, you know, I'm like, is it, what is it? But he's been like this his whole life and that he doesn't like to walk the same route. And there's really only so many directions you can go from our house. And so I agree though, the, the mental enrichment is, is solid because it just, it, it offers that little change up in their routine and just yeah. enough of that kind of stimulation so they can yeah. sleep the rest of the day. And then you don't have that guilt kind of. It's exactly right. It's yeah. a guilt. And Outward Hound makes great ones. And I don't, it's not like they know I'm out here promoting them. They don't like give me a kickback. I just can't help myself. I'm like, Outward Hound. I'm always talking about their puzzles and I send it to everyone who will let me in. Um, they have like different levels. But I will say that, and I don't know if this is, I'm not, I'm not like giving advice. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm no one to give advice. I can give experience, strength and hope. But um, 
um, Ophelia's 17, so she doesn't really go on walks. Like, it's mm-hmm. not fun for her. Yeah. But what yeah. we do is get in the car and drive to, like, a different spot. And even if it's a park, and just do a smell adventure. I call yes. it a smell venture. And um, which is so creative. Just <laughs> smush two words together and make it a word. Um, and we, I just like let her out and let her smell somewhere new. And so I, I had to accept that I might not get my steps in. I might have to find another way for me to get my workout or my movement. Mm-hmm. And, but what Ophelia needed was like something interesting. Yeah. So for whatever that's worth, I maybe wish I would have had that awareness in myself sooner mm-hmm. than I did, you know, where I yeah. was like, oh, so I can take a walk by myself. Okay. Oh, but she should get something stimulating. Oh, man. So that's two different things to do. And I kind of, I'm only suggesting it to people with seniors in case they need to hear it because I didn't hear it in myself till a little, you know, I wish I would have done it sooner. Sooner. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think, okay, first of all, taking a walk without your dog is the most life-changing experience. <laughs> I'm Because when you're... You know, they always need exercise. And if you had a dog like Ophelia, you know, for 17 years or so, or you've had, it's just in your mindset, like you walk out the door with them. And, and we discovered that like during pandemic, we like, we went on a walk. I was like, let's just go for a walk. I was like, no, let's leave the dogs. And it was this revolutionary (laughs) idea. (laughs) And it was so funny. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, but I, I agree with that. I think Lupin, that's what we've had to do lately with him is I've flipped it in the way that he doesn't necessarily get a walk every day. It's like maybe he'll get more men- mental stimulation one day and then he'll have like a rest day. And then we go to a local park and he and he's slow enough now that he can kind of be off leash and I can catch him. So I kind of let him sniff around. We call it a sniffari. So Oh, I, that's better. No, that's I. I just love that we're that's just combining better. words over here. <laughs> we're like, hey guys, we're really like inventive, yeah. creative. <laughs> so we've taken the word sniff and we've added it to the beginning of another word. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, moving on. More about Ophelia and S- Sassy. What are their favorite foods? Ophelia right now is super into, and, and I'm, I say this as a vegetarian. You know, an imperfect vegan, but always a vegetarian. Uh, she loves turkey hot dog wieners. Like, that's what she'll eat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like she was on salmon before. Like, at this age, like, I'm going to feed her what she eats. Um, so ugh, that's where I'm at. Sassy, like, like, has an actual bat mitzvah every time I bring out any food. Like, the girl <laughs> goes wild. Like, I'm like, yeah, I feed you twice a day. and it's always going to happen. And sometimes I add a yum. I call it adding a yum. Whatever I add on top. It can be a carrot. It can be a smidgerine of an egg. If my kid has left like a little piece of egg, um, you know, it can be cucumber, peas. doesn't have to be exciting, but she looks back at Ophelia like, did you see that she, did, did, did you see that she added something onto the, <laughs> there's a new thing. She, she added something I'm like, yes, Sassy. Every day I give you a yum. It's I'm just I add a yum. Like she can't believe it. She's so excited. She's like jumping and bucking. So any food for Sassy is what I'm getting at. Cute. I love how she looks back and she's like, "Did you see that? There's extra." And Ophelia's like, "Yeah, my whole life has been extra. (laughs) I've never known a hard day's work, so I don't know what your problem is." Ophelia's like, like, "Yes, we deserve it. What's the surprise? Yeah, yeah." (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Ophelia is like, I'm not a dog, so I don't know why you're, why you dog is talking to me because I'm a person. Yeah, I, I always have to kind of gently let her know, Ophelia, you are a dog. You are in fact a dog. I'm sorry to let you know that because she does not think she is. We should all aspire to be Ophelia and just have that type of internal confidence. And just, <laughs> I agree with you. I've never put it quite that way, but yep, I want Ophelia's confidence. Yeah. I want her sense of, she's self-possessed, you know? She's mm-hmm. like, I. she walks into a room, she knows who she is. Yes. I'm like, can you tell me who I am? <laughs> she knows who she is. She knows that everyone lives to serve her. I love that. For sure. Yeah. Expects it, receives it. Yes. And appreciates it, and then asks for more. I'm like, <laughs> no, I shouldn't. You know, I'll make you do another lap to try to offer it again. Yeah, I'm working on this, Carly. I'm working. I'm working on just asking, receiving, and then asking again. And then asking again. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to Ophelia it. Well, that's that's part of the whole thing about what we were talking about earlier is, you know, like potentially getting sponsors or monetizing the podcast. I feel like you have to embody that a little bit. So may we all embody Ophelia in her ideology. (laughs) Um, Uh, Amen. Are they... Do they like beach or mountains? Oh, I love this question too. I'm going to say for sure beach. Back in the day, mountains all the way. But now Ophelia is beach babe. Okay. In fact, we went to the beach with my parents, uh, maybe it was August, so a couple months ago. And the bright light isn't like super great for her, like super bright light like bothers her because mm. she can't really see and it's just funny stuff for her eyes. But you know, she didn't like love being outside, but she was just, her nose was twitching. Like it was on fire. She couldn't, she couldn't control the smell. She was so excited. Um, awesome. so it, it was cool to see her react to the ocean yeah. and to the, the sand. Oh, good for her. Okay. Well, now that we've covered a little bit more about Ophelia and Sassy, I would love to hear how you got Ophelia Sure. Ophelia, um, I was home in Laredo, Texas, where I'm from. That's my hometown. And there was like sort of a a, behind like a a taco restaurant. There was, they were selling, um, someone was like their couple places were selling, I guess it was a couple couple backyard breeders is what I want to say. We're selling puppies of all kinds. Um, And we had stopped to get food. And of course, we were like, what's going on over there? And um, I wasn't like woke yet about the animal shelter, animal rescue world. But I did see a sick dog that they were going to take to the shelter. Mm-hmm. And it was Ophelia because she was a, a I knew she was sick. We didn't know she had parvo, but she was sick. Um, and they're so sick when they're little. And, and I just basically said, can I have her and I'll take her to the vet. Please don't, please don't take her to the shelter. I'll just take, I'll take her. Yeah. And I took her. I was so worried. And I named her Ophelia because she looked like she reminded me of what I would picture, you know, in Hamlet. Like, I'm going to go drown myself. No one's going to pick me. (laughs) No one loves me. Just just like the woe (laughs) of this dog. I was like, oh, my God, I totally relate. And um, not that anyone should ever not to make light of drowning, um, please. But uh, I took her to the vet and they were like, she's really sick. She's a parvo puppy and she probably won't make it. And so um, it's, it, I just knew no one took care of her. The Laredo shelter tries so hard, but it wasn't, it's not a great, I mean, it is, it is hard. Um, it's, it, it, it's gotten so much better, but it, it, 
it needs a lot of support that Laredo isn't always getting and they deserve it. People who, the animal advocates of my hometown are incredible human beings and the shelter tries really hard. But I was like, uh, no, we'll just see if we can help this dog. Yeah. And it was a struggle. And that's how she came into my life. And after that, I was like, why did she get sick? Probably bad backyard breeding. What's that? Why are people breeding dogs without knowing what they're doing? Like, I just mm-hmm. questions, questions. And then it was like, go to the shelter and see litter. I'd go to the shelter. And then I was like, I want to be a volunteer. Now I'm at the shelter. Like, everything started because of her. Interesting. Yeah. I so just she was, like, was really the the start of it all of your work in the animal world as well as now your podcast. So is she – your the title of your podcast is The Animal That Changed You. Is Ophelia that animal? Yeah, she is. I mean, um, I would say she's definitely the one that has changed me the most, the one that has changed me first. But now because of her, I would truly say like every animal changes me. I mm-hmm. I am a shelter volunteer. I'm a serial foster. Sassy was going to be our 60th foster and we ended up adopting her. So she, we're still at 59. Um, I love fostering animals. I love having new animals in my house. Um, um, like everything, how I eat, uh, what I believe in, what I advocate for my belief system. I mean, like everything is radically different because of a 25 pound beagle, um, who almost didn't make it. Why, what do you think it was about Ophelia? that changed you so much that that really like propelled you onto this path? I mean, this is going to sound so cheesy, but like the way I feel about her is like, we're from the same, you know, bunch of grapes. Mm -hmm. We're just two grapes from the same bunch. And that's what it feels like. Um, She in, 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 I'm Jewish. I'm not like a super religious person, but I love Judaism. It's a beautiful religion and I, I'm more spiritual. But um, there is a word in Judaism called basheret, which means like you're meant to be like, like, like your soulmate, but it's like two grapes from the same bunch. Mm-hmm. And um, that she's my first experience with that feeling of like, oh no, like there was no way we weren't going to come together. It's just, it's just not possible. And I you know, had my own struggles before her um, and was at a really crucial time in my life where I was either going to continue living that way or not. And she just was the answer to like, oh, I'm going to go this way. I'm not going to continue living that kind of a life. I'm going to have a life. And she made it possible for me. Wow. That's so beautiful. I just, I love all of that because I I really feel like I can relate, especially as you're talking and I'm picturing Ophelia's little hound face and it's all gray. And that's the same for Lupin. You know, I I definitely can identify with all of that. But I I won't I won't go further. We can we can talk about that on your podcast. I mean, I just really yeah, I'm like, wait, don't tell me because then you're going to come on the animal that changed you. And I need Literally, like, what were the clouds shaped like? Like, I want every detail of the Lupin story. Oh, my God. You, it is, there are lots of details. So <laughs> be prepared. He's, he's so great. But no, I, I can definitely just identify with everything that you're saying. And I think a lot of my listeners probably can as well. Um, what I think is really interesting is how you've had her for 17 years. And 
I, I would love to learn a little bit more, or I'd love to hear from you uh, how your relationship with her has changed and how she's changed over the years. Because, and the reason I ask that is because that's been my experience recently with Lupin. Is as he's aged, he's I don't want to say become a different dog, but like our relationship has changed a little bit, and and what he needs from me is different. And so I'd love to hear about like just the evolution of everything over the seventeen years. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, I feel like I was like the biggest shift is like I was like her quote unquote mom. Um, and now she's kind of like mine. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been both to one another. Um, she, but like she used to just be so just a scoundrel, like, you know, mm-hmm. just like wanted to like be a part of every party and get into every trash bin and just like she just was unabashedly nosy and and spirited mm-hmm. and now she's um like almost like a cat she'll like to like she, I'll be working with her just like curled up on my lap mm-hmm. um and I can I you know she's always had an independent streak it, but I can tell how much it means to her to know that I'm here, right? Like in the same room. Yeah. Um, but it, those are the big changes. Mostly, in many ways, it stayed the same. I love to say, like, Ophelia and I are like friends at a concert, seeing a band we love so much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to go to the front. And she's like, I want to drink. And... <laughs> So she goes to the bar and I go to the front, but every time I turn around, she's looking for me and I'm looking for her. Like, don't leave without me, okay? And we're like, okay. And then we come back to the middle and she's like, I got you a drink. And I'm like, my ears barely work. And we're back together again. But that's what it always feels like. Like, doesn't matter how much, like, we're always looking for each other. Dude, okay. That was the coolest analogy that you just gave. I feel like everyone can identify that with that. And it's also, you can identify it with it because it's like, those are your good friends. You know, those are your best friends. Those are the ones that you're just like, oh, no, I'm going to go do my thing. You do yours. Yeah, we'll meet back. Don't worry. And, And there's no questioning of like, oh, we need to be together or like anything like that. It's just like this mutual love and respect and independence but also this deep bond. Totally. And yeah. you're, you're, it, the foundation is like, I know you're not going to leave without me. And I'm going to yeah. check in to make sure no weirdos are coming up to you. But you're also checking in that on me at the same time. It's like just, it's so, there's just such a connection. It's, there's so much understanding. And yeah. I'm personally really fascinated by that invisible understanding between people and their, and their pets or any animal that they love. Because it's, it's like you can hang your hat on it, but it's not there. Yeah. But it's everything, and it's just that's just such a beautiful thing. It's like faith in action. Mm-hmm. There was I had there was an episode I had a few uh, I think it was a few weeks ago now, maybe a month ago, and um, I said, you know, like, what do you love about life with a dog? And the guest said, I think it was Haley with Scout, um, but she said. She's like, I just find it so amazing that you can have such a deep bond with like a different species, basically have such a deep bond. You don't speak the same language necessarily. You don't even your 
behavior, like your, you know, physical behavior, emotional behavior is different. And yet you can still have this like deep connection. And yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, okay. So speaking of, you started the Animal That Changed You podcast. And first off, I love that you said animal because I think that opens the doors to a lot of the different guests that you've had on of completely, you know, different animals, not just dogs like I'm doing. So I love that. Um, but I love why- your show. Oh, oh, I love it. And I have to say the one you did one with a Lisa, I think was her name for about senior fosters, not to derail you, but yeah, she talked about seniors and, and mm-hmm. I think it's like all the fosters was the name of her. All the foster pups. Yes. Oh, such a good episode. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just wanted to tell you how much I love your show, but please go on. <laughs> I interrupted you. That was rude. Well, no, no, no. I think, I mean, speaking on the senior thing, we'll, we'll go back to your podcast in a sec, but we'll, I'm going <laughs> to go with this. Um, this is Adopt a Senior Rescue Month or Adopt a Senior Month. And I think that, I mean, I've had episodes in the past talking about this. I personally have not adopted a senior dog now that I have Lupin. Now that he is a senior, I'm a lot more interested in it um, after kind of experiencing him in this state. And so speaking of sassy, how did you like for anyone who wants to adopt a senior dog just like you did with Sassy? What advice do you have, or like takeaways, or anything like that that you could maybe give to them? Sassy, we got from a rescue here in Austin called Lizzie's Hospice. She just does seniors, and we were going to foster her, and she stayed. But my advice is find a local rescue that you can trust or that you enjoy working with, um, and and be honest with. That's number one. Um, and then it's different for different people, but you want to feel like, oh, this is a back and forth that I can be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I, you know, uh, I would say consider just going to your local shelter as well. Mm-hmm. And here's what I love about seniors. They're done with so many of the behavioral issues that we face with really young dogs. Like there's no teething and there's no you know, like they're mostly always potty trained, you know, they're full size, they're a known entity. There's, there's a lot of pros. I also love like a moving pillow vibe. Like you walk around, (laughs) your pillow that moves and that's like very good for me because I am a blur. Mm -hmm. I'm always moving and, and I, I go fast and hard. So I'm like, I need, these seniors are my absolute medicine. I'm like, oh, I'm slowing down. Thank you. (laughs) But I, I would, I would recommend like, I'm asking for people to consider accepting a paradigm shift that any dog can have a new like experience and set of behaviors with you. So mm-hmm. those first few weeks with any dog, they they don't know the the life with you. So I think people have this mistake that like a senior dog, if they have issues it can't be worked on, can't change. Of course it can because you're a new home and you're a new owner and this is a new pack and this is a new back and forth. Mm-hmm. But don't. But I would tell anybody considering like start out by fostering um, any dog and go for personality over breed and yeah. you know size or or like gender or weight mm-hmm. like those things are all great additions but what matters is like the character how it feels in your gut mm-hmm. matched up with your character and then know that no dog comes ready made and no dog is perfect but if you keep it simple and you like love with boundaries mm-hmm. you know love mindfully so you reinforce when things 
are going well, when they're doing stuff you do like, when they're calm. Mm -hmm. And you just keep it really like thoughtful for the first couple weeks. And you're going to build a relationship with that dog. And it is entirely possible for a senior who had a different experience in another home to have a wonderful one with you. Yes. That's the best advice I can give. And I love fostering because you can be a part of doing such a good thing. And if it doesn't end up being the right match, or if the dog ends up being so awesome that you know that dog can get another home and you can help another one, then Mm -hmm. you still were a part of a wonderful story that will teach you something about yourself. You will care a little bit more than you did before that dog walked into your life. And I just think that's so important. The seniors, they just, they could have been absolute punks before. Yes, Mm -hmm. I know that is true. Um, But I don't know. I just, I just think we, don't we all want some, some grace um, as we become more vulnerable? And I want to give the thing that I want to get. I want to be the thing that I need instead of asking for it only. Yes. I I really love that. I think as you kind of touched on it, you know, they could have been like a punk before or something like that. And it's so true. You know, I think no matter what, having a dog is hard work and, you know, it's extremely rewarding, of course, and, and adds so much to your life. But having a dog is hard work. And I think adopting a senior dog is just hard work in a different way. Totally. And I think it's also a lot of people and I'm going to actually be touching on this in a future episode. So I don't want to (laughs) like, there's so much we can go into about like the psychological aspect of of loving a senior dog and the emotional aspect. But um, yeah, we yes, that's legit. Yeah. But I think so many people shy away from adopting a senior dog because they are fearful of the emotional toll it's going to take on them yeah you know it more so than the actual like work of a senior dog or the actual like reality of a senior dog because as you said a lot of times they're like moving pillows and it's great (laughs) and I would I would say to that in my dog coaching voice Mm -hmm. why is that up for you you know not you Carly but why why are you why is that emotion something scary yeah and what's the answer to that and that's the real question then. It's mm-hmm. not, oh God, how am I going to love an animal that might only have a few years? I mean, we had Frito, who was a senior pit bull that we rescued from a purposeful rescue in Los Angeles, who I just love. They're senior, primarily senior, but they, they, you know, they help so many. They're a wonderful group. And we adopted Frito, who was a 75 pound pit. And we had him for seven months, almost seven months. And he passed. And I mean, what I like, what I got, and I'm not suggesting anyone be like me. I'll spare you all from that, <laughs> that, that life sentence. But, um, what I got from him during six or seven months was far more significant than how much it hurt to, to lose him. Like, mm-hmm. what I, what, what he showed me, not only about me, but we, we took him in during the pandemic, but about my family. That, yeah. that my two children and my husband and I would move from Los Angeles to Texas driving with Frito folded up like a pretzel in the back, <laughs> you know, like what we were willing to do for him, what he was willing to do for us. When we arrived, mm-hmm. it was August. He was like, it's boiling. Why did we come here? I mean, like the whole thing, he just made it so much more funny and complicated, but mostly funny. And it made us go like, wow, we did this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
we lugged this big guy here and we loved him and his taco pajamas and oh my God, was he worth it. And we had this enormous pit that everyone was like, oh, are you, is he okay with your kids? I'm like, he could literally live with a newborn bunny. Like the nicest yeah. soul I've ever known. Oh, for sure. So it was like, those words are fine words, but experiencing them and knowing them to be true in my body is a gift for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what Frito gave me. And so was it worth the tears? A million percent. I mean, it just it doesn't even tip the scale. So yeah. I guess my question to someone who's so afraid of those, the loss and the big feelings is why? And is it a reason that you might need to take care of yourself or, or is this the thing that can help you right now to actually take this animal in? Oh, I love that. Is this the thing that can help you right now? That's beautiful. Um, okay. Well, pivoting back to the animal that changed <laughs> you podcast, where did the idea come from? Why did you start it? Tell, tell the listeners a little bit more about it basically. Sure. So really full disclosure, honest, honesty, like I love Ophelia. She's getting older. I'm scared. And I just knew that um, I could kind of get like lost in that feeling. And so I wanted to connect with other people who felt the way I felt. And I have been working in the animal loving space for a long time. And I love animals and I also love people. And so I wanted to hear their stories and I wanted to highlight their stories. And I really am interested in people who are quote unquote extraordinary people, which I believe everybody is. Um, And that's important to me because when you hear someone who you think like, oh, wow, they love their animal just like I do. It's like, yes, because we're actually all the same. Mm -hmm. And that's important to me because whether someone's an undercover investigator or a celebrity or... Um, the head of an organization, or no matter how big or small their life looks, at the end of the day, they go home to an animal that they love, or they know an animal in their in their memory that they love, and they feel exactly like you do. And I guess without having to say it, I wanted to show how incredibly connecting animals are. Yes. They are a great equalizer, and we are so blessed and lucky that they that they're in our lives and that they they can bring us closer together. And so basically I started the show because of Ophelia and I'm, you know, obsessed with her. <laughs> she sort of looked at me like it's taken you a very long time to come to this realization that you should do a show about me. <laughs> um but it's not about me. It it's about, you know, and people make fun of me like the animal that changed you. You can even put me in there. I'm like, "Well, I would not do the show if it was the animal that changed me, mm-hmm. but it's the it's, I want to hear about the animal that changed you because your story ends up being my story. Yes, how amazing is that? There's so there's something so connecting and important about the shared experience and being able to listen to it, you know, week after week on a podcast and and then learn from other people on how their experience is the same as yours and then also different yeah. and i i think that's such a great idea that you're thank of you. like that you started this yeah i think it's amazing i really appreciate you saying that thank you sometimes i'm like what am i doing but aren't we all yeah aren't we all carly <laughs> i mean preach but yeah. i also i also really want more people to be involved in the overall well-being and care of animals and i i I love animal people, but I feel like we can broaden the circle. And, you know, I'm not here to like tell people which kind of love for an animal is valid or not, or which kind of person gets to enjoy that love. 
my husband's not a vegetarian and I love him. He's, he's my man. He's my partner. And mm. do I wish he would eat like me? Yes, I do. But um, we're working on it baby steps. We have been for a while now. But, but my point is, I know how much he loves his animals. Yes. And I can't discount that just because he doesn't do it exactly the way I do it. And so I, wa- I really wanted to create a space where everybody could come to the table. I think that is really important, especially when you have a podcast and you're doing, you're speaking to so many different guests and searching out that connection with so many different people is that lack of kind of like judgment and just like a, an understanding that they do love their animal just as much as you. You know, sometimes I think that's really hard. It can be very um, divisive in the dog community of like, oh, you got your dog from a breeder versus a shelter or, you know, things like that. And and sometimes that, you know, that's even been hard for me in my past because I worked at a shelter. Both my dogs are rescues. And sometimes it's really hard or it was hard for me to switch that mindset in the past of being like, you know, it's not any less valid you know, learn about their experience and then come to your own, you know, realizations and learnings from there rather than just judging off the bat. And I think there's so many things that that can, so many ways that that can be uh, really separating in the animal community. I agree with you. I think your podcast does a very good job of that, actually. I think that's one of the things you do the best is that you're really um, welcoming. You are you really create a, a space for anyone who loves their dog would listen to your show, could listen to your show and go like, oh, this is, these are my people. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. It's really the truth. Um, okay. Well, we've talked about a bunch of deep and important stuff. I just, I think we just, because we have the shared experience of senior hound dogs, we just need to talk a little bit <laughs> more about them. And so tell me more about what you love so much about hounds and your your beagles and everything hounds what do i love about hounds yes. what i love about hounds are the things that i think make them susceptible to a lot of you know their plight they're so docile they're so trusting they're mm-hmm. friendly i'm generalizing and i know that and i really believe dogs are personalities and and individuals there was a I can't believe I remember his name. In 2011, there was a dog at South LA Animal Shelter where I volunteered named Leo, who was the one of the most beautiful hounds I've ever seen. And he was so aggressive and he ended up getting euthanized. He was on the red list and no one could, you know, it was at, during a time yeah. when we were putting down really adoptable dogs for time and space. So mm. it, um, Leo didn't stand a big chance and he didn't make it. And I still have his picture in my, my folder of shelter dogs. But um so I know that this I'm making a generalization is what I'm what I'm getting at. But we have fostered uh, out of our do- out of our huge you know foster pool. I would say at least half of them have been hounds because I don't know. I just kind of get their vibe. They're just yeah. they they are so. I love their ability to like sleep. They teach me so much about rest. <laughs> I love their just like myopic focus on a scent. Because I'm a myopic focused person, I'm just like I will go at something. I will just just smell it to death. Like, and so <laughs> I feel like I'm like, yes, you you get you track that. <laughs> um, I just I just love their ears. Mm-hmm. I love their dopey dopey ears. I mean, I just I just love them. I love the look of them. I love a snout. God, do I love a German Shepherd snout? Oh my God, help me! Just 
that shepherdy. I like a long sort of yes pronounced Adrian Brody snout. Um, <laughs> I just think they're so effing cute. Fun and silly and clowny, and I just I'm generalizing again, but I like them a lot. But I I mean, what dog do I like? Like a Heinz 57, as we used to call at South LA, a Heinz 57 brown brown dog mutt. Adore will yes. be in the kennel on the ground on your pee with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, I think when in my shelter days and volunteering and all of that, what you said earlier about the pitties. I mean, uh, sweetest dogs. Ever. You know, some of the dogs, they would come in and they were the easiest dogs, in my experience, easiest dogs to take care of. They sometimes were a little rambunctious, especially the younger ones, um, but they were just so happy about it. You know, it really was like rambunctious, not, yeah. you know, evil or anything like that. It's joy. And then going over to the hounds, we would sometimes, there's not many hounds, unfortunately, in the Pacific Northwest, which makes me very sad because it makes it very hard to adopt yeah. more, which yeah. maybe, maybe that's a good thing for me. Um, but <laughs> Your husband's like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but the hounds that would come in, sometimes we would get a transfer up from Texas or something like that. And oh my gosh, they were just just so usually they're just so easy as you said like this mild temper they're yeah. fine with everything it, you know they kind of would just like hang out sometimes they were almost a little reserved a little you know like there's a lot happening around them and they were like mm, i'm gonna just hang out for a second or they'll just you know talk back constantly sure. and just yeah <laughs> and no i totally agree i think i have i know i have a lot of hound dog listeners and so um so i just wanted to make sure we touched on the hounds yeah. and yeah they're so sweet and then also they somehow balance being sweet and lovable with also being very independent and yes. stubborn oh and god they're so stubborn they're it's so unreal. stubborn i know it's almost on it's almost an unreality i'm like is it are you joking yeah like, you're not no it's just it's ridiculous i have full-on conversations with lupin of like convincing him to do something i need him to do like lupin, yeah, come on. yeah it's just it's so ridiculous i'm like okay look we're gonna go this way then we're gonna wrap back around and we'll go to the pet store but we need to go this direction first like it's like a full-on conversation right. he'll look at me and he'll be like he'll like turn his body the other way and be like i wanted to go this way but okay you convinced me like as long as you I... do the pet like you can just see it in his eyes <laughs> Ophelia coming in from outside will always go to the the we have like you know sliding glass doors and she goes to the one that's closed. She's like, nope, it's gonna open. I'm like, it's locked. <laughs> it is locked from the inside. There is nobody who will hear your cries. It is the other door, the door I'm opening for you. Like I'm like, I don't understand why we're arguing. My husband can't handle it. He's like, you still with the door, still with the door into your oldest age. Like he just, but you know. I also really have to say that I'm I'm uh, a f always I'm always drawn to like the underdog and I love pities and I think they mm -hmm. have they I mean everyone should be up in arms fighting for pities I do think so mm -hmm. and um, helping them uh, shepherds shepherds have it really tough yeah you know, we I feel like there's not as much talk anymore about like guard dogs backyard dogs abandoned neglected they are they're way too smart to have nothing going on for them their brains mm -hmm. can't handle it. And for me, beagles, hounds, yeah. all hounds, like laboratory test subjects, hunting oh. dogs, 
abandoned by hunters when they're done. Not all hunters. I, I don't know. I don't know. Question mark on hunters. I'm not a hunter, obviously. But I, I, I know the stories and from the shelter world. And I'm sure that is not always the case. I'm sure there are people who own beagles for hunting purposes who are amazing to them. Mm-hmm. But I know like in some parts of the South, there are, you know, it's sort of like, I'm done with you to the shelter or yeah. I'm done with you stay in the woods or whatever the story, however the stories go. Again, very little experience in this. I only know hearsay from being in the shelter world. Mm-hmm. But there is a significant number of hounds in states where hunting is increased. And um, I think that's a plight, you know, between that that reality and laboratory test subjects when they when they use dogs. Like that's a lot to to carry on on a kind of dog. That's that's mm-hmm. hardcore. Yeah. No, I definitely I completely agree. I think especially recently there's been a lot more in the news about beagles and a lot some terrifying pictures. And I think it's just one of those things that sometimes it's easy to forget or sometimes it's easy to think especially when you're so in the dog world it's easy to be like oh you know we're making so much progress and there's there's yeah yeah, like dogs are great everyone loves dogs look at all the memes online of all these dogs and and then to see certain breeds or animals in general you know in these really just like awful situations that humans have put them in is just being targeted. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, do you read Doggington Post? It's a great no. like website. It's called Doggington Post. They're it, they just have so much great content, and they did a really great like they did a, a pretty amazing article on like the Beagle Gate and the new the recent like the, it was um, it was really well done. I really I like that site a lot. Okay, yeah, no, I'll definitely check it out. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to open it literally right now so I don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Doggy to post. Okay. Um, All right. Well, this has been such amazing conversation, Katya. And I'm so happy that I was able to have you on. And just to round out, I've actually forgotten to ask this question on the last few of my episodes. So I feel bad. And I forgot to put it. I forgot to tell you I was asking. But since this is the With a Dog podcast, why do you choose life with a dog? Oh, God. I can't even imagine life without a dog. I choose life with a dog because they uh, make me feel safe. And like just being around dogs makes me feel like, I know this is a very strange answer, but like not crazy. Like uh, someone gets me and I get someone and it's just very much not about me. It's about something much bigger than me and i love that feeling beautiful that was a great answer all right well thank you again for coming on and for having me you're a wonderful interviewer and i've just had such a great time talking to you it's been a real delight thank you so much for having me well i can't wait to talk to you again in the not too not too uh far future and if people want to follow your podcast or instagram anything any of that info, where can they find you? My podcast is called The Animal That Changed You. And it's on Apple, you know, iTunes and, and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I'm at Katya Litsky on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook community called The Animal That Changed You Community for Animal Lovers. Um, but yeah, I have a website, katyalitsky.com. 
that's, yeah, I'm around. I'm writing <laughs> and doing dog things and talking about animals. So it's pretty focused. You can find her. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, for everyone wanting to follow the podcast, it's at With a Dog Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Facebook page is called With a Dog Podcast. And we have new episodes every Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.